Hello, welcome to the Table Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Phil. I'm here with Pastor Megan. And uh, we are doing a podcast series that kind of correlates with our Sunday morning sermon series that we're doing right now at Table Church. And it, uh, the, su- the Sunday morning series is called The Opportunity of Conflict. And we're talking about conflict, obviously, but um, more than that, we're talking about how when you walk through a conflict with somebody else or other people or per- another person, um, that when we do it in a Christ-like way, when we do it in a biblical way, when we do it in the way of Jesus, that there's an opportunity there. And often, if um, if we do it well, and if we um, follow Christ through it, the relationship maybe can even be strengthened, or maybe we can grow in our Christ-likeness, or maybe we can be a witness to the world or the power of the gospel to uh, reconcile people. Mm-hmm. So there's opportunities inherent in conflict. And we're talking about that right now on Sunday mornings. And so we wanna uh, kind of push a little bit deeper into another angle that we're not going to talk about on Sundays, um, not for any reason in particular, just didn't happen to be that way, but uh, we want to make sure that this gets discussed at one point or another, and so we're going to bring it up here, and that is the question of um, conflict on the spiritual plane, Mm -hmm. all right? So in other words, we might often call it spiritual warfare. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking about, on Sundays, we're talking about conflict in marriage, conflict in church, church, conflict like in culture, you know, but we're not talking about spiritual conflict. Mm-hmm, but, but we actually are. Well, uh, that's many, true. <laughs> it's all spiritual. Ways. It's all spiritual. It's all spiritual. But yeah, I mean, this is a this is a particular conversation that's worth a few episodes of the podcast mm-hmm. just to kind of look at it from different angles. And I think one of the best things to say is that, well, there's two things I'm thinking right now before we get started. Number one, um, when we're talking about conflict, it really is all spiritual in some way or another. Like when we think about the things that are really difficult for us to engage with, there's always going to be a level of mm-hmm. spirituality, yeah. you know, individually and also things because like Because when we're walking through conflict, say in our marriage, what we often don't realize is that there probably is what we typically think of spiritual warfare happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just all ground level stuff, you know, mm-hmm. like there's it's not all just your ideas mm-hmm. and also your ideas are not all great. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like it, there's that level of it, first of all. And also, I'll, I think we could probably all agree that no one, almost no one actually loves conflict, but uh, it's pretty much impossible to avoid. And there's really no growth that happens without it. So to some degree, you're going to have to go through something difficult if you want something to change. So things very rarely grow or change without it. So I think we could all kind of say like avoiding conflict has caused a lot more messes in our lives Mm -hmm. than good things (laughs) a lot of the time. And too much conflict that's not healthy is just as bad. So um, it really matters. It matters a lot. And last week, before we did our uh, podcast on uh, Satan's devices, that last episode from Wesley and Time Machine. Listen to it. It's good. It is good. I listened to it last night just to like be like, what did we say last week? Yeah. <laughs> Remind myself before we did this. And I was like, this is good. I'm, <laughs> if this I is do say good. so myself. <laughs> yeah, like I am getting something from this. So anyway, um, last week I mentioned this, that um, in a podcast from a few weeks ago, Dr. Eby was with us and he was talking about um, controversy mm-hmm. in church history. Mm-hmm. And so he was saying almost everything gets worked out in controversy. Yeah, And that's really true. I've taken probably three classes with Dr. Eby now, and I don't know anything I've ever learned about church history that wasn't like, so they were fighting about right. this. Yeah. 
totally. And then this came out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's pretty much the history of the church. Yeah. So, and, and we use that illustration in, yeah. in a sermon as well. Like you can talk about it even just from like a biological standpoint. If you want to grow, then mm-hmm. if you want to like, if I want to get stronger, well, I got to put resistance on my muscles. Mm-hmm. Growth yeah. happens through conflict. It absolutely does. Same is true for your soul mm-hmm. and your relationships. Every kind of way. And so, um, you know, Dr. Evo was saying like every time there's a controversy, it's a chance for us to think through our theology. Mm-hmm. And it's true. I mean, even if you don't know you're thinking about your theology and you're just upset with a person at work, um, in a way, there's a way that you're engaging with all kinds of planes of thought and beliefs and resistance to things and conflicting ideas and stuff like that. So conflict is just everywhere. And if we avoid it or press into it too much, it's not healthy. So yeah. there's another way, though. There's another way. So that's what we're talking about. So holiness is for community, and it requires community if we want to heal. So if you want to be holy. You can't be holy by yourself. You have to admit, yeah, that you are in a community. Mm-hmm. I, I can say that. like, <laughs> It's not just an idea, but like I think it's absolutely true. You can't get holy alone. Um, you're with yeah. God. You're with people. And healing requires community. So you can't get better on your own. I mean, either. the greatest commandment, love God yeah. with your whole heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's so, all one pill. Like you can't do the biggest <laughs> thing God wants you to do by yourself. <laughs> nope. You know, you got to have at least one neighbor mm-hmm. to love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so these things are just required. You have to have community. And if you want to heal, you need to be in community. If you're there's in community... No there's going to be conflict. Yes. And that's why so many people don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Netflix feels easier because it's so hard to be with people after a while. Right. It's true. And, um, and, and you know, a lot, just this morning I had a conversation with somebody about church and, you know, he just was saying what many people say, what I say, and is that I just, I want community. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think when we say that, we also have to remember that when we say I want community, it means if if you really have community, it means you're also going to have conflict. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen, um, and and we often kind of get an idealized idea of community, right? I'm going to have this small group of friends. We all are going to love Jesus, and mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. We're so much feel fun. Great. We're just going to laugh all the time. Yeah, it's an um, easy, fun relationship. Yeah, and and if that is what you have, then great. It probably a won't last forever, uh, and and b you may not be growing in Christ as much as you think mm-hmm. through it because we have to endure hard things um, in order to to grow. And I really do. I think that that's true. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's exclusively. Let me ask this. Here's a question. It's not even on our notes. I'm going off script mm-hmm. for a second. Will there be conflict in new in the new creation? I think it's totally possible. Yeah, I do. I, I do. Too. I mean, if it's possible to do conflict in a holy way now. Mm-hmm. It's got to be possible yeah. later. So um, <laughs> I think about the book, The Great Divorce, right, mm-hmm. by C.S. Lewis. It's like a book about heaven. Mm-hmm. And these people take a bus ride from purgatory to heaven. It's a great book, by the way. You should read it. It's beautiful. C.S. Lewis, I mean, can't go wrong. The book is more and, controversial than people <clears throat> realize. I think a lot of uh, people are just like... Well, C.S. Lewis is so loved yeah. that we just... Say, sweet, C.S. Lewis must this be good. This is a great book. Right, which, by the way, yeah. I do think it's It good. is a really great yeah. book. <laughs> um, uh, but then somebody else articulates something that's basically what C.S. Lewis said. Uh, They're like, nah, that's, nah, what I was thinking nah, too. that's not good. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, but, but C.S. Lewis said it. Point. So anyway, yes. it, they take this bus ride from purgatory to heaven, and uh, everyone hates it. 
Like they get off of the bus and it's horrible. Like the sun's so bright. The grass is so sharp and dense on their feet. Like they can't even lift a leaf off the ground. And the point that C.S. Lewis is making is that our sinful souls may have to acclimate to Mm -hmm. heaven, to being in the presence of one who is superior to us infinitely and in Mm -hmm. every way. You know what I mean? I'm a prideful person. And that means that I may not enjoy that mm-hmm. <laughs> at first. You know what I mean? I, I might. It might take an eternity even to continually grow in mm-hmm. grace towards um, Christ-likeness. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a Wesleyan thing too. Yeah. John Wesley believes that growth in grace continues even in heaven. So yeah, conflict in heaven, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Now maybe we, sh- maybe we should define conflict. Like what we, we're not talking about like, we're not gonna divorce and abuse about socks on the floor <laughs> and like whether or not mm-hmm. you know it's two opposing forces bo- no violence we're yeah. not talking about that right yeah like we're not saying people are still gonna be cat fighting and mm-hmm. killing each other right <laughs> in heaven but any kind of a conflict if you can just picture it as like two opposing forces you don't have to say that one is right and one is wrong mm-hmm they're just opposing in some yeah. way. Yeah, they're incommensurate in some yes. way. How are we going to walk through this? Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully in the way of Jesus, mm-hmm. which I imagine will be the norm in heaven. I hope so. <laughs> That's but the whole I think point, it makes right? sense. You know, like I think if you can abandon the notion that conflict means there's a good side and a bad side or a right side and a wrong side, mm-hmm. you can get you can save a lot of your energy for really connecting. Yeah. In the midst of whatever you're going through. Mm-hmm. So uh, can there be conflict in heaven? Yeah, because conflict doesn't require someone to be sinning right, or something like that. Like, it, like you it, might have stepped on my toe and yeah. now we have conflict. But sometimes it does and that's what we're talking about often, today. Yeah, often, sometimes often. sin and evil are involved. <laughs> and uh, anyway, that was a good... But conflict is good. It's not in itself bad. It was a good thought experiment, wasn't it? Yeah. And so... We just did some some theological thinking <laughs> on the fly. Um, but I, I love that if you can start to identify the ways you've maybe incorrectly been looking at an issue, it helps you get free of some of the old stuff you keep coming back to with it and go, oh, okay. So I don't have to be afraid of conflict because it's not inherently bad. Mm-hmm. It just is. And you have to accept it. Um, I still hate it though. I know you do. <laughs> I don't uh, like it either, but here's, we'll just quickly explain. Neither Phil or I enjoy any kind of conflict, but yeah. I can't stand sitting in conflict and I want to resolve it as mm-hmm. fast as possible. Mm-hmm. What do you like to do? <laughs> what would you describe how you um, feel about that? Phil? I would say that I tend to minimize conflict in order yeah. to avoid it. Uh, that's what I often do. But also sometimes I probably rush in too forcefully in, in the desire to get to harmony you know, Mm -hmm. um, and perhaps end up doing more damage that way. You know why we can articulate this about ourselves? Because Phil and I have conflict. We do. (laughs) It happens. And I'm like the princess in the pea where I'm like a little bit of conflict. I'm like, let's get that resolved right now. Let's stand here and talk about this. Yeah, until it's right. And I'm just like, can we stop talking about this? (laughs) I'm like, no, because I will not be able to sleep with this pee under my mattress. That's when I get long emails before bed. (laughs) I got to get this off my chest, Phil. Thanks. <sighs> do you want me to Are we having saying, conflict now? Do you want me to start saying what you do? Or Is this like, conflict? are we going to start throwing each other on the bus right now? I think we just entered conflict. <laughs> uh, let's see here. But listen... The, the the deal is, though, if you can stop being so afraid of talking about it, yeah. you're in a lot better place. And, and that's something we're getting better at, aren't we? Yes. 
as coworkers. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will also it. say it's not exactly, I mean, like, I think the first time we had like a real conflict, it took like working together for a really long time. It's true. Because how long have we been working together now? How many years do you think? Six, oh, seven? since 2013. All right. That's but seven. not like. Not as close not as we are now, obviously. Not planting a church and not during un- a pandemic. Yeah, not under the stress <laughs> It took conditions. planting a church together yeah. in the middle of a pandemic before we had our first, what I would call it, real fight. True. <laughs> Very True. <laughs> Can you imagine? But and we're still here. And we're still here. But the idea of all of this is to say, if you can abandon the notion that conflict is something to be avoided or afraid of or to be embraced for all the wrong reasons, then you can connect, which is the point of conflict, is to find yeah. resolution. So, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. I appreciate your emails. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> um, They're good for me. I, um, Phil, because we we're getting have made it out each there. other so much better. We're getting it out there. That's true. Yeah. Um, So we have a few questions here. Let me ask you the questions. Megan has, she has put a lot of thought into this, this area, this stuff here. Um, Spiritual warfare, spiritual conflict. I mean, it is like (laughs) uh, she's, she's um, anointed in this area of ministry and she is very thoughtful about it, has done a lot of thinking about it and has a lot of experience with it. Um, Not, I mean, that could sound (laughs) bad. A lot of experience bringing healing to people. I do. Uh, with emotional and spiritual conflict. yeah. um, conflicts going on. So I'm going to I'm gonna throw the questions out there and you answer and then and I'll These are basically in. like, these are questions that are sort of derived from stuff people have asked mm-hmm. about this yeah. as we get ready to do this. So. All right. So the first one is this. Do you have to have conflict in order to heal? Yes. Move on. No, <laughs> We've kind of talked about that already, haven't we? <laughs> but I will say like, it's, it is inevitable. Like I you know, try to avoid saying absolute statements Mm -hmm. a lot of the time, you know, try to avoid that temptation. But I think in this, I think it's just completely unavoidable. If you want to heal, you need conflict. And the point is that, like I said last week, that if something needs to be healed, whether it's your, you know, leg or <laughs> your heart, yeah. uh, a relationship, whatever it is. Um, if something needs to heal, that means something's not right right now. Mm-hmm. And something corrective needs to intervene to make it yeah. right. And so that is conflict. It's two opposing forces. There's something that's not, you know, that's that's not right right now that's like broken in some way whether it's your actual body or a relationship whatever something's broken Mm -hmm. so something good has to intervene that can start to correct what's wrong and all of that so um those are two opposing forces that's conflict it just has to be there it has to be there and if you can embrace conflict as a spiritual discipline it becomes less about the old like games we used to play to survive in a complicated world and much more about like the wholeness and holiness of every person that's what jesus followers are here Mm -hmm. saying that we're this is what we're for is like full healing i love the idea of it as a spiritual discipline which Mm kind of brings back like the opportunity of conflict right that's that's another way to say it it's a spiritual discipline um just like fasting i mean that's Mm -hmm. depriving yourself of something that's conflict right Mm -hmm. um in order to grow like fasting is basically just inviting a conflict of mm-hmm. like what you feel and think and want and what you're going to do so that you can live in a liminal space for a bit yeah. and be more alert. 
Mm-hmm. And anytime that we embrace conflict as Jesus followers specifically, you have to first embrace all the old ways you used to embrace conflict <laughs> or push it away. Um, and then identify what parts of that will serve you well in the kingdom of God and which ones won't. And then let go of the, the old ways of dealing with things that you used to do. Yeah. So that in itself is conflict. And then you add to it the fact that you have actual conflict perhaps with mm. a person or an institution or something like that. Um, and it's messy. That's why people want to avoid it or want to, you know, put on a bunch of armor and attack. But think about how hopeful this is. Like if you're a person who's just had a lot of junk happen in life, you know, you've had a lot of conflict, whether you asked for it or not, you know, um, a lot of times people who have just had what quote a past, Mm-hmm. think they're kind of disqualified, you know, from like living a life of holiness or a Christ-like life or following mm-hmm. Jesus, all that stuff. Uh, perhaps you've actually got some, like you've got more opportunities than others. Like if you if you can deal with that stuff in your past yep. with Christ, like that could create potential in you um, that others that don't have that past wouldn't necessarily have mm-hmm. because because conflict is an opportunity for growth, Right. It's a spiritual discipline and you've got all sorts of material to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are you going to walk through it in the graceful manner that Jesus invites you to, to walk through it in? Um, not only graceful, but also, you know, truthful and mm-hmm. courageous. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, I always appreciate that. I have so many examples from Jesus that to, to do any kind of communicating or conflict in the way of Jesus doesn't mean that you're always like, um, quiet mm-hmm. and, you know, like yeah. a visibly peaceful, mm-hmm. <laughs> like making peace is different than keeping it. And so, you know, conflict as a spiritual discipline means that you're you're trying to do something that's completely opposite from any way that the world functions. You're trying to, on one hand, remain, um, you know, as as powered by the Holy Spirit as possible while engaging with something that's going to tell your mind and your body to either run or fight. Mm -hmm. So, or freeze. That's another one. So, um, it's completely out of this world. It's nothing. You're trying to do something as a Jesus follower when you embrace conflict or the conflict it takes to heal. That's just, nobody has a reference for it in the world. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, on one hand, find yourself like, staying in a situation where maybe you used to flee or listening in a situation when you perhaps used to just yell. Mm -hmm. And you're also going to mysteriously find that you can have like deep compassion for people, even when you really don't like them. And you can see things from different angles that you normally wouldn't have because God is allowing you to see that stuff. So it's really incredible. It's just like, this is next level good Mm -hmm. stuff. And if, if you've ever been in church, then you know conflict is everywhere, but because we don't handle it with a disciplined, mm-hmm. you know, um, spirit-filled approach, it just does all kinds of destruction. Yeah. So, Yeah, good. All right. Should we go on to the next one? Yes. All right. If healing is something God gives to you, why <laughs> does it still take so much work? Like if God is supposed to just heal me, uh-huh. why is this so hard? Yeah. And we isn't that legal? Bill and Megan, you keep telling me that it's something God does. <laughs> well, when's he going to do it? Yep. 
I I would like to know too. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is true, right? Like, this is where I think this type of thing is where theology really matters. Like, taking some time to really think about why you believe what you believe, to understand what you believe and why you believe it, and understand uh, what that means for your actual life. So, for instance, when you think about this question, if healing is something God gives to you, why does it still take so much work? You have to start by knowing God does all the work. Like you don't, you don't make yourself whole. God does mm -hmm. that, but he doesn't force you into wholeness. You get to participate with him. Right. And so um, that really matters because it's this beautiful picture of like you, it's not up to you. God will do it. God initiates it. God will complete it. But he does invite you mm -hmm. into it. Yeah. And so. Um, and we would say he gives you the ability to partner mm -hmm. with him. Yeah. Like, like even you are dead, that ability. You were a corpse. <laughs> but God, first of all, awakened you to that so that you could make the decision as mm -hmm. to whether or not you wanted to partner with God. Mm -hmm. So it's God all the way down. Mm -hmm. But and yet he gives us the opportunity uh, to decide whether or not we're going to partner with him or not. Mm -hmm. And so that takes so much weight off of, you know, this question has that thing that we've all felt of like, God, you could just heal this and, and you're not. Or if I want to get better, why do I have to do so much to do it? It feels like it's never going to change. So if you're able to just kind of start with that theological sandbox <laughs> of like, God, God is good. God will never leave me you know, without this opportunity to be healed. And so it's there. He's in charge of it. It's all him. He'll accomplish it. And it takes the weight off you when it comes to the work that it does take on your behalf to partner with God. You don't even have to come up with the energy to do it. That comes from God too. But you do have to choose to let him do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the only thing. So if it feels like it's taking a lot of work to get healthy, it is taking a lot of work to get healthy. But God is offering power and ability to be able to do something that you can't do on your own. So it's never about you just having to work hard enough to make it happen. And so that can really take a lot of load off our shoulders when we're worried about that. Um, and let's clarify, we're talking about like emotional healing, and yeah. spiritual healing. We're not like broken leg, you know? Yeah, I had to go to the ER for that. Right. <laughs> you should go to the doctor. <laughs> Definitely go but, to the doctor. Um, and, and the thing to remember about some of those, some of those wounds that we all have spiritually, um, part of the medicine might be the process, mm -hmm. like the process of leaning into God, forgiving where we need to forgive, uh, rather than God just kind of, you know, waving a wand and making us feel better. Mm -hmm. um, the medicine that God has for us might be this process mm -hmm. of growth that comes through, um, you know, walking through the diff this difficult time mm -hmm. towards healing. Yep. It's true. And uh, like in the gospels, Jesus doesn't heal every person who's sick, obviously. Mm -hmm. And yep. that it's, uh, you know, we've talked about that on the podcast before. Um, Jesus always meets people's actual need. Mm-hmm. Like you go to a well for some water and he's going to bring up a conversation about something, you know, that you didn't see coming. So he's just always going to address your actual deep need right now. What do you need? Um, and so, so often we get so focused on what we want to get fixed so that it's just over that we're missing things that 
God is saying like, you, you got to go here first or that won't take. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's a lot of that too. Just like the trust of saying, I want God to heal me. I know he will, but I don't always know what I need. So letting him do that. So, um, other than that, uh, you know, like we talked about before, growing is embracing a conflict of interest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're going to just have to get used to the sensation of partnering with stuff that feels like it's not your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just it, you know. Um, it's eating spinach for yourself. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's like, the, that's the thing that like when people can start to understand that, that if you're going to follow in the way of Jesus, you will spend, I'd say, most of your day engaging in things that require some level of accepting uh, something you'd prefer not to be doing. Mm. <laughs> like, like, and that, that can be quite enjoyable. Like, that's the thing. Like, the world is actually really fabulous to engage with even while you're doing things that are really hard because there's still so much good stuff. But most of your day, I mean, I feel like every time you turn around, there's some sort of a temptation or a, you know, some sort of weird thing that happens between somebody, you know, says something to you at work that's like really annoying or your spouse says something that just like trips you off or whatever. Most of your day is spent in situations where something can trigger you and then you can just choose Mm -hmm. to do something other than what feels the best at the moment. So that's a lot of what it looks like. So um, every day we're just basically constantly engaging with forces that want to move us toward atrophy and decay in our relationship with God, in our relationship with other people, nothing left of its own devices here in the world is going to stay where it is. It's either, you know, it's going to, it's going to fall apart slowly or quickly. It's going to decay or it can resist that and grow. Mm -hmm. So can't do that without God. So it's just kind of something we have to, except okay Mm -hmm. so like we said before we aren't accomplishing work that only god can do when we partner with him Mm -hmm. we're we're participating in life with god which he enabled us to do in the first place Mm -hmm. yep cool so anyway um yeah so all of that to say i think there's like three things that i usually tell people like this is kind of the the these are like the rules you have to accept about how things work if you want to get better, if you want to heal, if you want your marriage to become something you can't imagine it being right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you want, if you want to actually like that person in your family that you can't even stand to sit at the table with right now, or if you just simply want to stop bickering with that friend yeah. you have that's mm-hmm. always mad about something. Um, these are the things that you need to do. First of all, you got to learn how to identify the source of the problem. Like, most of our issues, like I, I think I said this just a bit ago, most of our issues when it comes to like the stuff that persists in our life that's just broken over and over and over again, we're focusing on the wrong thing. So we're focusing on something that we think needs to get fixed and we're not understanding the actual source of the problem. We don't know how to identify what's actually wrong. And so the surface stuff keeps happening, but there's actually something under the surface that's harder to see. So we just have to learn how to 
let God show us those mm-hmm. things and to be willing to go there. Um, this is why we, you know, Christians are constantly talking about finding the the plank in your own eye mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. So it's just, we're so blind to the real problem and it's really easy to see stuff on the surface or see stuff in someone else's life. So and that's you, and what thing. you're saying that that's often a lot deeper than we realize. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this thing that this person's doing just for some reason is really making me angry. Like, you know, more angry than it should. Mm-hmm. Well, it might, like, I might have to ask Jesus to show me the thing that happened when I was 12 that is now triggered, you know, mm-hmm. because of whatever they're doing. Yeah. So yeah. It's like, often much below, farther below the surface than we realize. But it's easier to make it your friend's fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, uh, second thing, you got to learn to make yourself decide which side of the problem you're going to be on and then act like it and stick it. Don't just, don't just do it for a bit, but you got to stick to it. So once you learn to identify the source of the problem and start to get to the bottom of what's really going on here, you have to learn to deliberately decide you're going to be on one side or the other. Don't like sit in the middle and just try to be good sometimes, but then yeah, let it fall apart. Like that's really important. Just make a decision. I can see the real problem is this. And I, I know that Jesus is calling me to be this right now and to do this. And that's what I'm going to do, whether so I you're feel like saying, it or not. Commit yourself to the right thing. Yeah. Just yeah. commit. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you say make yourself decide which side of the problem you're on, that almost yeah. sounds arbitrary. Like, <laughs> That's true. Well, That's I w- true. do I want, you know, chocolate or vanilla? Yeah, well, exactly. I'm going for chocolate. No, you're saying figure out what's wrong and what's mm-hmm. right. Like help, ask God to help you see the dark and the light in this mm-hmm. and commit yourself to the light. Yeah. Whatever that means. Like that makes it so much easier. If you can deliberately make a choice and say the real problem underneath all of this is that we've always had this issue where, you know, we feel like we're, you know, isolating each other well it's connected to these things and i can see that now and i know this is the side that's healthy mm-hmm. of this problem and this is and you gotta fall you gotta push the into connection here we're isolating <laughs> but the right thing to do is to push into connection and so here's how to do it i'm no gonna plant what. myself in there yeah and and we don't even when i don't yeah. feel like it i'm still gonna commit to doing and it. and the reason that matters so much is because when things are hard and something comes up again it's very easy to get lost and slide right back into mm-hmm. what you used to do so you're gonna say no i deliberately said i'm not gonna do that anymore so yeah. it's a repentance move um okay and then the third thing is just learn how to practice holy resistance okay so when i think about this i think about romans 6 when uh paul is like so you, you used to live under sin, now you mm-hmm. don't anymore. Now you're living under grace. Okay, so that means you just do whatever you want. <laughs> like it's just easy now, mm-hmm. and it's not. So you used to be a slave to sin, now you're a slave to grace. And mm-hmm. so they both involve deliberate, constant effort, but they are completely different. Okay, so you used to be a total slave to your sin. You couldn't do anything about it, and now through Christ, you have this new life where you're living under grace. And so that means you're now a slave to righteousness. Mm -hmm. And so it takes constant effort, constant work. You're a slave, but to something that is so resplendently good Mm -hmm. that it's worth every penny. So yeah, you have a new master now. Exactly. Paul's saying like, why would you keep doing that? You have Mm -hmm. a new master. Mm -hmm. So when you're going to follow Jesus, he doesn't just fix your problems. 
although sometimes that happens, what happens is he helps you see all of the stuff that's not right in you and in the world and then constantly says, give everything you have to the effort it takes to partner with me to make this right. So it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. So, um, yeah. Anyway, Uh just a good thing to remember. It takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. All right. right. Uh, We have one more question. Yes. It's spiritual warfare is confusing and inner healing sounds a little sketchy. (laughs) So what should I do with that? Okay. Okay. So when people talk about spiritual warfare, is that something that I should just like, Oh, turn around go the other way. Mm -hmm. These people are weirdos. Well, let's face it. Some things are a little weird. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) being weird isn't so bad. (laughs) But, um, but but obviously the point of the question is that like there's, there's certain harm that can come, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's, um, a care that has to be taken around these discussions. Otherwise, I mean, we see all sorts of power plays that happen, you Mm -hmm. know, people who kind of say that they've got secret knowledge or a certain gift and maybe they do like, maybe Mm -hmm. they actually do have a gift and they, they use it to leverage for their own gain. Yeah. Um, Paul says, in first Corinthians that, you know, I could have all these ecstatic gifts. I could have speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have love, then I'm just a resounding gong and a clinging yeah. symbol. You know, like if you don't actually have the love of Christ, then I don't care how many cool tricks you can do spiritually mm-hmm. speaking, you know, like it, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so th- I would say that that's one thing that we need to remember um, when talking about this stuff. Uh, we don't want to glorify it or venerate it no. beyond where it should. At the same time though, you know, like, um, it's there and mm-hmm. it's there's spiritual gifts that Paul wants the church to have and to exercise and for mm-hmm. the better betterment of the body. Um, but anyway, mm-hmm. what do you, true. how did you answer? I mean, I would say that makes a lot of sense. I think spiritual warfare is confusing. And I think for the most part, the church as a whole um, in America right now, it's really all over the map when it comes to this. You're, you know, a lot of people have said, I've never heard about any of this stuff before. Or they'll say, that stuff is just crazy. Like, I was at a church for a long time where, like, things were just always happening or whatever, and it was just nuts, and I'm skeptical about all of it. So that makes sense. Um, (laughs) It's funny because I feel like when I read the Bible, it's just, like, full of stuff happening that has this, like, spiritual plane to it that there's clearly this war going on Mm -hmm. between you know, principalities and powers. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's an enemy. It is everywhere. Yep. And yet the church can feel so conflicted about how to communicate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that when you are anchored in the person of Jesus, that's the first thing you need. So if you're going to talk about spiritual warfare, just like you just said, like when Paul's talking about like, I could have all these things, but if I don't have love, mm-hmm. you know, then I don't, I can't, None of it's really going to get anywhere. So that's, that's, that's true of this. So like if you start from the person of Jesus and within actual relationship with Jesus, then everything else you do to engage with um, spiritual warfare on any level, whether it's in your own life or in the world or whatever, it's something that you're doing with Jesus. You're not just like waving a wand and right. making something happen. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're partnering with Jesus in something that he's doing. So yeah. there's that. It's good to remember that. It's not just about like putting on a show. Um, so starting with Jesus, you have to have a relationship with Jesus first or you're just messing around with stuff you don't understand. Um, so I'd also say, I say this a lot, that understanding what Jesus teaches about spiritual warfare isn't this ancillary thing that Christians can just like get into 
sure. if they want to, mm-hmm. that it's essential. So yeah. I don't know how to live a day of my life without engaging in spiritual war. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to get up in the morning and not think about this stuff throughout my day. Because if the biblical worldview is true, then yeah. then we should understand that it's it's just prevalent everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they understood that there's powers at mm-hmm. work. Yeah, and it's very easy to see mm-hmm. if you live at all, out, you know, like looking at the news in relationship with people that there is something extra. There's some kind of extra mm-hmm. resistance there yeah. um, that we don't need to be afraid of. And a lot of what it takes to engage in spiritual battle is simply the like the very basics of understanding who Jesus is and out of that understanding who you are and then deciding that's who you are and you're not going to let anybody lie to you about who you are. A lot of warfare just happens to be understanding your identity in Christ Mm -hmm. and then exercising it. It's not about being tough. It's about being a child. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of where I think things get weird in the church when we're talking about spiritual warfare is that people try to kind of come at it from this like grab your sword and Mm -hmm. go fight a battle. But really a lot of it is about like it's just security. Yeah, right? security it's in relationship clarity. with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you when you have that, you're fighting a lot of battles by being a little kid mm-hmm. who just completely trusts their dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. um, you can go along into a lot of really difficult things. Um, you don't have to be tough because mm-hmm. you're safe. Right. So um, that's really what it's all about. That's the foundation of all of it. So um, another thing... People are always like, but what do I do? Like, give me that book. What's, you know, like people are always like, what are those books that give you like the checklist for how to pray? You know, like yeah. circles around your kids or mm. bondage breaker <laughs> we, kind of stuff. Yeah. We won't name names. <laughs> no, yeah. But is there I like, is there like a checklist but or a manual? Is there a checklist? Yeah. Can I just get a book that tells me how to pray? And yeah, you can. And those are a good place to start. Right. I mean, it's like asking, can I have a book on how to be married? Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. But then you actually have to be married. Right. And to some degree, you can depend on the book to get you started, but you're going to have to go ahead and figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. So yes, you can get those, but a checklist and things like that, it's inspirational. It can give you some guidance, but in the end, what it's all about is all about trust. It's all about knowing Jesus is an actual man who is with you, who walks with you and talks with you. And you can, in every moment that you need it, interact with him and figure out right now, what do I need to do right now? What should I say? You know, there's all those moments where like you would have maybe normally done something in response to something someone said. And then instead you're just overwhelmed with this sense of like, I need to ask them about their dad, (laughs) you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like to really get into that like relationship where you're letting the Holy spirit empower you to stay in something that you'd rather leave and to do things you wouldn't think make sense, but end up being good. So I I liked what you said a little while ago about how someone's a spiritual warfare is just understanding who Christ is and your Mm -hmm. identity, you know, and Mm -hmm. like that, that's like half the battle or maybe it's all the battle. It's all the battle. (laughs) Um, and you and I have been in scenarios where quote spiritual warfare is happening Mm -hmm. and, and, and people are getting all animated and crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think that we both agree that like, it doesn't have to be dramatic. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like this is the Bible is, um, we've used the language of, 
two opposing forces or, you know what I mean? Spiritual, you know, stuff like that. Like I want to be clear when we say stuff like that, I'm not talking as though, um, there's some somehow equally matched forces Mm -hmm. or like that there's actually a struggle, you know, um, the Bible says Jesus just takes care of it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like there's no resistance. Like Jesus, there, there's, there's no fight that can be put up Mm -hmm. against, against God. You know, like there's no power that they, that the enemy has over God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus just says leave and they leave, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's a hundred percent, it's a hundred percent, zero percent, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And, um, Colossians two fifteen says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross. Like Jesus embarrassed mm-hmm. the spiritual enemy, you know what I mean? By triumphing over them on mm-hmm. the cross. There's make them mockery. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's literally what it is. Like he's making fun of them basically is, is kind of what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And so like, uh, spiritual warfare in our, in our mind, isn't this dramatic thing. It's mm-hmm. this just walking peacefully and calmly in the power of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, that goes before you and behind you and all about you. It reminds me of that scene. Is this in, um, is this in Rogue One where that guy has like the force and like walks through yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> so many times in my life when I've been in like really spiritually intense situations, I feel mm-hmm. a little bit like that guy just like yeah. walking. I can't right remember his through. name. <laughs> He's not a Jedi, but he's got Forcey abilities. He has abilities. like the Forcey like yeah. sense of like he's, he's like blind. I am with the Force. I'm one with the, the Force. Forces. The Force is the yeah. Beast. yeah, and whatever. Like we're not gonna Such take this too movie. far. But I love that movie. It might be my favorite Star Wars movie. Um, but like, and that's all about resistance. Mm-hmm. By the way, mm-hmm. it's, it's so stuff. Uh, yeah. It's it's Gandalf when he comes back <laughs> as Gandalf the White. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah. There's just no messing around anymore. And I mean, it's what we were talking about last week about John Wesley had the quote, and I don't remember it right now, but he was talking about like, uh, when you understand who you are, essentially you can look at your deepest, darkest sin and it can be an encouragement to you because it mm-hmm. just is making it even more clear who God is and who you are and that it's been overcome. You know, mm-hmm. like you can even, if the enemy wants to show you the worst of you in the power of Christ, you can look at the worst of you and be like, dang it, Jesus, mm-hmm. like you are so good Yeah, the and pa- I'm not lost. <laughs> the struggle is in you, but it's not in Christ, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So anyway, it's just like this, it's this, this amazing switch that you don't necessarily get to just because you're a Christian where you start to understand I'm always safe. So when you realize you are always safe, you don't feel such a responsibility to fight back at people and you feel a lot more clarity about like this person matters. Like I matter (laughs) and I'm going to engage with these things that are hard and there's a way to do it. That's mysteriously actually like beautiful and peaceful and not full of striving. So Jesus, Jesus wins. Like we know the, we know how this story ends. Mm hmm. So anyway, one of the, you know, the Bible is clear. This isn't like, you know, we don't know how it's going to end. Like we Mm -hmm. know the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. We're in the middle of it right now. A lot of things won't make sense. But what does make sense is that you're always with Jesus. And the enemy never even thinks for a second that he can change anything about who you are in Christ. He's just trying to distort your perception of reality mm-hmm. and accuse you of things and hope that you get all jacked up about it mm-hmm. and act out of that. Right. Um, so that's why your identity matters so much. Um, so there's another thing that I say all the time that because everything good originates from God and not us, um, 
we can remember that we don't make things happen. So Dallas Willard would always say like, we don't make things happen. We turn them loose. Hmm. And so that's also not in our power, but it's us getting to participate in the God life with Jesus. It's this thing where like you're walking throughout your day. God has all kinds of stuff. That's just like potential energy (laughs) that like when we're willing to lay down our own, pride and our control and all of that and really partner with Jesus and something he's already doing, we can turn stuff loose that changes the world. So, um, it's just really cool. You get to do a lot of cool stuff if you're willing to just stop Mm -hmm. serving your own self-interest. Um, and also life is really hard (laughs) no matter what, but so, um, as we close, we have a resource Um, on our resource page is called practicing victory. If, as we talk about this this week and in the next few weeks to come, um, the stuff that we're talking about on Sundays, if this stuff piques your interest and you want to get more into it, we have a three part study on our resource page. Again, it's called practicing victory. We'll put the link in the show notes. If you want to get that, you can download it for free. You can print it. You can share it with people. You can do it yourself or with a group. Um, so that's there for you. Sweet. All right. You know what we should do? I don't, I don't know if we've ever done this before. We, have, we ever asked, have we ever asked people to give us a rating on iTunes? Maybe like once or twice, but I got to tell you, we like it when you do. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it like helps people. Helps people find us. Find the podcast. Yeah, so, it does. If, if, you think of um, it. if you find it fun to listen to this every week, um, we you. find it fun to get to hang out with you. <laughs> uh, but it would be awesome if you know anybody that would want to, uh, you know, listen to this, share it yeah. and go rate us on iTunes because it helps the algorithm fairies, uh, <laughs> yeah. make, you know, like they're like Cupid arrows, just like helping people find mm-hmm. podcast love. Is that too weird? Uh, no, that works really good. Does that work well? It works. The, this, the, yeah. So, chances are higher rate us on itunes i do can i just say i gotta look at i gotta look at this quick i do get kind of pumped when i see like if i have to like pull up our podcast or something and i look at like they're like if you like this you might like this i'm like dang our listeners like who we're associated with yeah they listen to really good podcasts Hmm. it's like bob goff and annie f downs and you know bible project church Mm -hmm. of the city yeah. Yeah. All so those we're, types of things. We're just like hanging with those guys. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is like, hey, yeah, <laughs> sweet. So anyway, uh, listen. Yeah. We'd love it if you guys would come and say hi. Cool. Well, shall there we pray? Yes. Let's pray. All right. Here's a prayer for y'all who have been listening to this. Uh, Lord, I ask that um, something that we've talked about here today uh, would be healing and bring wholeness and uh, bring um, hope to somebody who needs it. And we've said a lot of stuff and Lord, perhaps we haven't always been as coherent as we can, but we trust that in your hands, Lord, you're going to use what we've done this podcast uh, for your, for your glory and for your purposes. And so, uh, may those who listen experience victory in you today. We love you in your name. Amen. Goodbye. See you next time.